Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. Picture this. Mom's trying to get the kids to behave. There's been a tiny disagreement between them, and it has somehow magically spiraled into a fight. Imagine that, siblings disagreeing. Regardless of its predictability, it needs to stop. But they just won't listen, and Mom is losing patience. She tells them to stop, and they argue their cases. One seems to have instigated it, and here we see a chance to close the situation. She tells the instigator to apologize, but then comes that instinctual, predictable, and yet immensely frustrating response, Why? And so she responds with the equally instinctual and predictable answer, Because I said so. Being something of a troublemaker in my youth, I had many moments like this with both my parents. It's not a logical argument at all. And this is arguably why it worked so well. It's the ultimate appeal to authority, a claim only valid if the authority is true. And it is true. I understood immediately that I had to do what was asked because the authority of my parents dictated that it be done. There was likely improper resentment each time this tact was used, though, and understandably so. The force of the parents' demands rested solely on my fear, love, and trust of my parents. And I believe this is the, under, the underpinning of every appeal to authority. To be sure, the appeal to authority can be made where no fear, love, or trust is present, or at least when they are weak. But in such cases, it will not be respected. As such, I would argue that the fundamental pillars of an authority figure are its right and ability to command such reactions, to command such respect. Just focusing on the ability, any authority that is neither feared nor loved nor trusted will not be respected obeyed, or tolerated very long. And if the opposite feelings of disdain, hatred, and doubt creep in and take hold, the authority will actively be resisted, even if it has the right to command respect and compliance. Therefore, it is critical that we nurture fear, love, and trust of each of our authorities, of all of our authorities. These include parents, governments, schools, employers, bankers. I'd rather we lived without them as an authority, but that's the way the world works. Uh, coaches, conductors, mentors, professors, experts, etc. These are the people who hold sway over us. And when we have these positions, we hold sway over others. These are pillars of our social order, and if we lose respect for them, if we see no reason to obey them, the social order will decay, crack, and eventually collapse. It is, therefore, the responsibility of authorities to encourage fear, encourage love, and encourage trust. We can't expect the child to love an abusive parent. We can't expect employees to work for a boss who doesn't pay them their earned wages.
We can't expect a populace to continue paying taxes to a government from which it does not fear repercussions. We can't expect people to do what is right without fear of consequences. And since the collapse of social order is a consequence of the authorities' failures, those authorities should rightly be afraid of social collapse and do what they ought to do to maintain that social order. That is, the authorities should keep good order because order is good for them and for those around them. The balance of fear, love, and trust will be a challenge, but that is the responsibility of those who have power. That is the responsibility that comes with all power. So how are fear, love, and trust nurtured? How do our authorities build up a strong foundation for the appeal to authority? How can they earn our fear, love, and trust and maintain it once it is earned? Fear of authorities tends to be the easiest to see for many authorities. Fear of government violence is easy to comprehend. We need only look at history. Fear of bankers is known by all who experienced a recession and by all who are going to experience the next one. Fear of parents is natural for a child who is dependent on their parents to take care of them every day to provide food and shelter and love. For other institutions, fear is less present, though. We lack fear of our school systems and intelligentsia. We don't think often enough about the damage of a poor education, a bad idea, a lie from the halls of the mages. Quick tangent. I'm using that word since it relates to the wise men of ancient Babylon. And I think it's cooler than other words like professors or intelligentsia even. It also makes it easier to emphasize their mystical anti-scientific characteristics. Back to their danger, though, which now seems more apparent, I bet. When the mages lie and deceive, they bring down kingdoms. We ought to fear them greatly. So what have we lost? Why do we take them at their word? Fear comes from a right understanding that there is a danger to others if this authority fails at their task. Fear of the people's unchecked will engenders fear of the authorities. When we do not fear an authority, we don't understand their purpose in society. Or perhaps it has already failed. Hmm. Love. Love, love is a gooey word, but I think it works when applied specifically. For example, should we not love our parents? I know that's sometimes hard as they can be frustrating. Don't think they don't feel the same about you, though. But love isn't affected when it's hard to love someone. In fact, it endures, grows, and blossoms, often because it can be hard to love. The difficulties and strains of loving those who are hard to love testify to the strength of the love therein. So why do we love our parents and countries and employers, or at least why should we? What can our authorities do to earn and keep our affections? 
I will simplify this truly multifaceted question with this response. They ought to do what is good, right, and proper, and to give understanding to those beneath them as to why it is good, right, and proper. Notice, it's not what they think is right, but what is right. There is a difference. And note as well that those under such authority need to receive understanding that this is good. They may have their own priorities and desires, but if an authority truly takes the good, right, and proper path, that is, show love for those in their charge, and their charges understand this, see the love of the authority, then love can be reciprocated. So are, are our mages doing what is right? Are they teaching what is good and proper? Or are they raising up a generation of malcontent radicals? Are they seeking to develop technologies for the good of the people or the maintenance of their finances and social powers? Hmm. Hmm. Trust given is trust earned. One who does what they are asked honors their word and upholds good order will earn trust. An authority that is competent and honest to carry out the work they do will earn trust. A government that does what it promises will earn trust. One that does not will lose it. A parent who fails at their duty to provide will not be trusted. And one who fails to support and encourage because they're too busy providing a nice vacation will also be distrusted. Whether you are underworking or overworking, paying too little attention to your family, or spending too much time at home, you can lose trust. And a mage class that leads people towards unhealthy living, debauchery, and metaphysical chaos will similarly lose trust. Why all the hate from the mages? Some are good. Let me be clear. Let me be very clear. But it is my belief that the mage class as a whole has lost their authority and has lost it for good reason. As a reminder, the mage classes, these are the wise people, the sages, the ones who speak the zeitgeist of the culture, the ones who voice the words of the spirit of the people and shape the spirit by the words that they then proclaim. It is my belief that they have lost their authority for good reason in our day. They are no longer feared, loved, or trusted, as they have squandered their responsibilities on personal pleasures and false gods. Not that other authorities have not, but with the mages in particular, it seems clear to me. Why? Because the echo of their work has simply become, because we said so. Because we said so. A parent will use that phrase when needed. But if used too often, it loses power. The parent knows they have a duty to teach what is right, to explain the world to the child. The parent understands that the child will one day face the world without them and must be equipped to do so. 
and so the parent must use more than appeals to authority. It must teach the child to think. A government will lean on the law, but must have reasons to enforce it. In a republic, this reason comes from the idea that the people choose representatives to make their voices heard. The voice of the people, diluted by checks and balances, becomes the law that is enforced. The government should know that if it delegates its authority away from the places the people are represented, the people may not support it, and so the government must ensure that the people are cared for and listened to. So what do we do with our mages? After all, what is modern media and what is modern science but one big because we said so? I'm going to take a brief interlude here because um, that's the end of the, the written section for today. Um, I'm, I'm really, I apologize to anybody who doesn't enjoy that, that uh, particular style. It is something I need to develop personally because I, I want to write more. And so I'm going to be uh, working on that continually to help focus my, my thoughts and develop that. Uh, to those of you who appreciate, I apologize for the interruption. So let's explore this idea then. Right? This is our foundation, off of which we'll now, I'll now try and have a short conversation. Who are the mages? Right? To put it more bluntly, the, the, the media of all kinds, those who, who make films and music and news podcasts and who, who make news in general, and heck, partially me, you know? I'm, although I'm not, a very, I'm not a very wise man. I mean, I already made an episode about you know, it's just exactly how much I know. Um, it's called A Fool Speaks. The, so who else is, are the, the mages? This would include professors, teachers, the heck, the entire university establishment. These places are dead intellectually, on the whole, on the whole. And why do I say that? One, in terms of visual media, the messages behind the story have come to usurp the story itself. Was it diverse? Did it have a good did it have a good story? Did it tell the Marxist story of the oppression of the people by some outside force? Or was it a consistent storyline that happened to just be a good story? Well, we can't have those, can we? In the music industry, right, as exemplified by the, uh, it was the Super Bowl 53 halftime show, sex is king, that false god. Why? Because that's what they want, because that's the culture they're trying to sell you, because that's what they think the world should look like. It's all through the music industry, whether you like it or not. And on the other hand, you have a dead and, or dying culture, at least, of traditional music, of, of community music. People don't just get together and perform music together. They don't just come together and sing anymore. Singing is dying. The, the, the spaces are, are collapsing. The culture is gone. And who, who is responsible for that death of culture? Is it us? Yes. But is it also the mages we put in charge and we have been looking to for so long? 
Perhaps it's that too. Perhaps we've been looking at the wrong mages. We've been listening to wise men who led us down paths of foolishness. The humanities, right? Oh, these guys get lambasted easily. The places where they study what it means to be a person that have been so easily infected by postmodern ideology, by a sexual ethic, by the belief that the human body isn't actually made to work a certain way and that actively fighting the way it is designed by God is a somehow some moral good. That, that all sorts of idolatry and sexual immorality, all kinds of sexual immorality are welcomed in these, in these areas. And they're seeping into the culture. Why? Because they are the voices that guide our education system. They're the ones who make the rules in the government. They're the ones who will decide whether or not we are allowed to practice something that, that believes that man and woman are created good and independently good. Obviously not in the fall, but, but, but that in the beginning of the creation, God made the male and female. The mages are going to make that a hateful truth, right? A hate speech, a, a word that even though it is correct, is not welcome in society. Why? Because they, they're an authority. And so we, we've begun to fear them properly. We don't love them, though. We don't love them, and we do not trust them at all. We only fear them because they've abused their authority. But right now, right now I'm going to go on a, a, a larger tangent on one specific college of mages, science, particularly physics, right? These ones who took our place in the universe and have utterly and completely destroyed it with abstractions. Now, I don't want to get into the math too much right now. Suffice it to say, we've created a world that doesn't exist and also happens to exist and also is just one of many existences, right? The physics have, have in their desire to make sense of a world within their strict boundaries, within their presuppositions, to make sense of the world, they have made meaning meaningless. It is, we, we currently live in the age of postmodern science, where nothing exists, where some abstract fabric that doesn't exist is what holds the world together. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It doesn't. Right now, there are alternatives to, cos to cosmological principles. There are alternatives to the structure of the atom. There are people who are actually studying the way that our universe works. They're observing it and drawing conclusions from their observations, right? Much as the parent who actually teaches a child how to think, these people are actually studying the world around them to learn what it is saying and trying to adjust their presuppositions around the world that it, that it depicts to them and then running experiments to see if they can replicate that and see, oh, it does work. Our experiment works. We can reasonably conclude this is how the universe works until we get more data. These people have concluded that, that rather than functioning off of some dark matter, rather than functioning off of some massive black holes, the universe could actually work elegantly through transcosmic plasma filaments, 
or electric signals, magnetic waves, right? There are other forces at work in the universe. And those forces might actually have a better way of explaining the world with an order that we should, we should believe, we should expect from an orderly creator. But right now, right now, the, the institutions of mages, right? The colleges of mages are so thoroughly convinced in their postmodern science that they're willing to throw gobs of money at projects in the hopes of validating their belief systems. And, and, and they are not, even if they do not receive the evidence that they look for, they will continue to do so because it is a faith. Right? The, the belief of Darwin, the belief of Einstein, Right? I'd like to concatenate them into the, the, the cult of Einwin, both of whom demand long periods of time for anything to work, and both of whom never seem to have enough time to explain the miracles that we see around us every day. Science could easily right now be contrived of as well, this is how we think the world works because we've made a model that does it. Because we say so. And the truth is, that's always going to be the way science is. Because ultimately, what is it? It is the analysis of the external world, the world that we observe, to, to observe patterns. And then to try and replicate those patterns in ways that we can then extrapolate outward into general theories and practice. So that's what science is. That's what science does. It creates by, obso by observing the creation. Right? Ultimately, we are, we are uh, beings of mimicry. We don't, we don't innovate as much as I think we think we do. We, we look at what God has made and we try to replicate it. We try to do it the same for our specific purposes. Perhaps this is a lasting spark of the divine nature, which we have so thoroughly corrupted. But what does modern science do? Modern science looks at mathematics and probabilities and says that the world is a probability, that, that your existence is a probability. I'm sorry, that's not how probabilities work. Probabilities describe chances of something occurring, but they do not map out why it occurs. We've thrown our hands up in the air and say, we don't understand why something happens, why an atom decays. We don't understand what's going on because we can't see it and control it. Well, have you thought that maybe even though you can't control an experiment, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a logic behind it? That just because you can't see all the goings-on of the universe doesn't mean that the universe is random. It just means that whoever made the universe is smarter than you are. Have you ever thought that maybe there is a simpler solution to the problem if you let go of your ego? If you take yourself out of the equation and say, well, perhaps there is a different order than I would have built. Perhaps there's a different order than I expected. Perhaps the world doesn't work the way I expected it to work and the way I've been building my career off of for the last, well, however long you've been working. The problem with that is 
you'd have to admit you're wrong. You'd have to admit you're not a mage. You're a fool. And that is the hardest thing for us to do. But but because we don't understand generally the position of the mages, I don't think we understand even how hard it is for them. For those who have built their lives on being right for a very particular topic, in understanding all of the ways that, that people have analyzed it and studied it, to admit that everything that they know is is worthless, is useless, does not one bit of good in the long run because they were deceived by their, by the mages that taught them. And the entire discipline of wizardry they've been studying is nothing but parlor tricks and deception. Why that? I do not, I do not know of many more things that can cut someone to the quick than that. And so it is easier for us to deceive ourselves. It is easier for them to deceive themselves, to believe that they were right all along. This happens with every authority, especially when they corrupt their power, to believe that they were right and everyone else is wrong, to believe that even the universe itself is wrong, is broken, it doesn't, isn't working the way it's supposed to work because I know how it's supposed to be. If I were in charge, this is how it would be. Man, if I had made it, if I were God, if I were God, oh, things would be better. Right? That's what, that's what it all comes down to. It. it is all false gods, and it is all pride, and it is all that deep, deep, deep sin, that first, that, that ugly broken nature that we have ever since our father Adam fell into sin right this is the pride that infects humanity we are unwilling to look at ourselves and ask if we are wrong because doing so would be to admit we are not God and this is why the screed against mages right I could equally do this against the government I can't do it against my parents because my parents were pretty good. But I, if I wanted to, I would, I would, I'd find some way to do it. But the problem is, the problem is with my parents. I know I was the problem, so it's really hard for me to do that objectively. All of our authorities, all of our earthly authorities, are are broken. They do not earn our fear, love, and trust. In fact, all too often they earn our disdain. They earn our hatred. They earn our doubt. They earn all of it. And and yet and yet we we don't deserve what bit of love, what bit of trust, what bit of fear, you know, they they place in us. We don't work properly here. And that's what makes it even harder to do what people say when they say, because we said so. But just because somebody in authority said that doesn't make them right. And yet, because someone in authority said that doesn't make them wrong either. We must be discerning. 
We must guard ourselves against worship of the self, worship of the mages, worship of knowledge, worship of family, or worship of the government, worship of any authority that we have. We must guard ourselves against it because it does us no good to be led down a false path. It does our neighbors no good to believe things that are not healthy, that actively destroy and undermine the, the goodness of society. So when the gatekeepers fall, we must stand stronger. When the orders of mages lose their trust, we have to build something else. And I would argue that it is best for us when we are building to go back to the one authority that we can fear honestly, that we can love honestly, that we can trust completely. If we were only perfect enough to do so as he loves us. Yes, even in our imperfections, the greatest source of solidarity and strength, greater than all the mathematics that we have, greater than all the, the theories and prototypes and testings we could do, the greatest solid thing that we can place our hope on, that we can rely upon when we need, that we can trust to do what is good for us, is God, because he said so. And he did more than just say so. He died. He rose. He is risen, just as he said. You can take that to the bank, because I'm going to see you in eternity, because I'm going to see him in eternity because he said so.